Welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where I teach you how to step into the arena of bigness, all the while creating more joy along the way. That's right. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness and bravery, and putting our bigness into the world. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach, who believes in giving you the tools to create a life you really love. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get bolder. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. Well, greetings to my She Finds Joy group, and I'm excited to interview a colleague and friend of mine, Takora Davis. Takora is the attorney, author, and speaker who is pushing culturally relevant legal representation to black women and creatives of color. And here's one of my favorite parts of her bio. She says, as a purpose activator, Takora seamlessly blends her knowledge of creative business law with her passion for pushing women to birth their dreams and achieve economic freedom. Welcome to the show, Takora. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. You're welcome. I, um, I was explaining that I really enjoy a lot of your Facebook posts because I know some people are thinking like, well, what am I going to get out of this? Because I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. And you are so much more than that. You really are a purpose activator. And so I really love following your social media posts because I see a blend of you definitely um, going to bat for women and women of color, especially, but wanting all women to achieve their dreams. You have your uh, attorney and legal business, but you also seem to really weave in your spirituality and the law of attraction and this abundant mindset. And so I think that makes you the perfect guest for my show. Oh, thank you so much um, for recognizing all parts of me. Uh, it's been quite the journey to just say, let me just show up as my full self because I felt like I had to split myself in all these little parts. So, okay, I can encourage people with my faith here and then I can only talk about law and business stuff here. And I started realizing that I was just splitting myself up over all these different places. And I was like, I can't do that anymore. I have to show up as my full self And that has given me so much freedom and it's drawn even more people to me because they see themselves in me. Yeah, that's interesting. I kind of feel like that too. I feel like I have like Strobel Education, which is my education consulting business. And then I have this other entity over here, which is Kim Strobel, the happiness coach, but like they're very much married together. Um, But at times they still kind of are there separate entities and it does make life kind of hard. Whereas I'm working on just bringing them all together as one. So I like how you explained that. So I want us to t- want you to take me back to um, who was Takora before she was all of this. Um, and, you know, I know you've had some struggles and some tough times. And so kind of paint a picture, if you don't mind of who you were and your pathway to getting to where you are today. Wow. Okay, I will try to give the Cliff Notes version. Um, So I would say about five years ago, it was 2015, and amazingly, five years ago today, which is March 31st, I found out I passed the bar exam and I became an attorney. 
So what a joyous time. <laughs> and how old were you at the time? Oh goodness. Okay. I am. How old am I? Okay. I must've been, I must've been about to turn. I was 30. Okay. Yeah. I was 30. Yeah. Cause I'm about to turn 35. Yeah. Okay. I was 30 at the time. So I'm about to turn 35 next month in April. And I found out, yay, I, I passed the bar. And so I was really excited. Um, continued to work at the job I was at, found out I was pregnant with my first child. We were so excited. And I think the day I told them I was pregnant, they were like, we have to cut your hours. <laughs> no, <laughs> and it wasn't, um, the company I was working for was an amazing company, but things just weren't going well for them at the time. So they were cutting all staff. So it wasn't like they were doing anything wrong. So they just had to cut my hours. And eventually I got laid off at like four months pregnant. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Because um, you have student loans, you've paid for this law degree, there's no money, you finally land a job, you're making some money, you get pregnant, and now you're without an income. Exactly. And so my husband was just like, just relax, I'll take care of you, you don't have to worry about anything. And for me, I'm thinking like, no, I was raised to be an independent woman, I have to work, so I just can't sit here all day. And so I then... Uh, despite what he was saying, I think it probably would have been great just to relax, but no, not to Cora. I said, I got to find a job as an attorney. I don't have a lot of time because where I was working, I wasn't using my legal skills. I mean, not wholly. I was doing patent research, but I wasn't doing anything really dealing with trademarks and things of that nature. And so what I ended up doing was um, finding a job. I applied at a local law firm and they were doing entertainment law, trademarks, working with creatives. I was like, this is my dream job. I'm so excited. I'm five and a half months pregnant. He hired me on the spot and I'm thinking, great, I'm going to get this experience. And it was literally hell working for this man. He was so mean, so nasty. He would yell at us. He would cuss us out. Like it was a very toxic work environment. And I just maintained my peace even then because I felt very much that whatever I felt my child would feel, I could not allow myself to get upset. And so I was just very calm about everything. And I almost felt like to Cora, this is your only option. Like you have to stay here so you can get experience and become an attorney. And then after some time, you can leave. And I think I just convinced myself that that narrative in my head was true because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I just felt like this was my only hope. This was my only option. So I ended up taking maternity leave. This is all in 2016. Had my beautiful son, Miles. And about a month after Miles was born, I said, okay, I'm going to call this crazy guy. I'm going to try to come back to work. And when I got on the phone with him, I'm holding Miles in my arms. Miles, again, is four weeks old at the time. And the man says to me, I'm really happy you called. Um, I've been thinking about it since you've been gone. And I no longer think you would be a fit for the success of this firm. I think you need to stay home and get over your pregnancy brain and focus on healing your body. <laughs> right, Kim was like, what a loser. Well, um, that's what, yeah, and what a cop out and how degrading. And he, oh, 
you know, and I'm just like, you know, at the time I said, okay, I was kind of timid back then. And I said, okay, thank you for the opportunity. And I got off the phone with him. And, you know, I, I don't think the full weight of what he said to me hit me until a little later because I'm- Of course it didn't because you had the pregnancy brain. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, gosh, when I was there, I was, an, I was a stellar employee. I helped him find case law and research. You know, I was the one who was doing those things. So, you know, we always, despite what people say, you always have to remind yourself of the truth. I have a great friend, Felicia Kelly, and she always says to Cora, go back to the facts. That's not a fact that this person tried to tell you you had pregnancy brain and you weren't a great asset. The fact was is that you were a great asset. You know, I had to go back to the facts of what, you know, what it was. And so really at that moment in time, no income again, brand new baby. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? <laughs> and again, I rush out trying to find work within the job market. And then I began to work these contract legal jobs. And I was paying, getting paid maybe $18 an hour, $20 an hour as an attorney, not working full time, looking for contracts, you know, via email. And I just thought, I'm made for so much more. Mm -hmm. Like I, I applied for over 100 legal jobs, didn't get anything back. And I said, Lord, I know you can open a door <laughs> and no doors are being opened. So are you trying to tell me I'm supposed to start my own law firm? And when I asked that question, a peace came over me and I thought, I told you, God, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I always said I didn't want to be an entrepreneur um, because of my own ignorance. I, I, I just thought that's not an option for me. I don't want to do it. But uh, feeling that peace, I said, okay, fine. <laughs> and I was just driving in my car. I was like, fine, I'm going to do this. And I said, well, what am I going to call this thing? Because I'm not going to call it the law office of Decora Davis. <laughs> doing that you know and I thought I was just so random I know people are like that girl's talking to herself but I literally was having a conversation with God because I felt like this is the only being that I can speak to at this moment in time to get clarity and um he I I have not really heard the audible voice of God many times in my life but he spoke to me and he said you're my lawyer the creator's lawyer and so that's why I called my firm the Creator's Law Firm, because I serve the ultimate creator, um, but I also serve many creative people. And it's really a reminder for me as I work every day, I'm not perfect, but I do try very hard to serve my clients. I'm not just working for them. I'm working for a higher being, a higher calling. And so it's amazing where I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I stopped immediately in October of 2016 applying for other jobs. I began as I was walking into the job every day, those contract positions, and everybody was depressed. You could feel everyone's negative energy. Unfortunately, I began to write my dreams out on the legal pads, those long yellow legal pads they give you. I began to say, I'm going to be the best trademark attorney. I'm going to have clients who come to me from all over the world. You know, I began to write what I wanted out of my life and I didn't realize what I was doing in the moment because I felt like I have to get some type of control over the situation I'm in. What can I do uh, to make sure that I don't slip into a depression because I've been in that before and I've refused to go back. And I think my writing, the power of the pen, the power of dreaming really helped pull me through that season. And in December, 
of that same year, my pastor said to Cora, God says, make haste. He says for you to open your law firm right now. Do it as fast as you can. He's going to send you clients from all over the world. You have to move now. And I'm looking at my pastor like, dude, I said I was going to open this firm in August of next year, not January. He's like, I'm telling you to do it now. And I think it was just another blind faith in the, in the, in the face of it doesn't make sense to open up a law firm. You don't hardly know how to do any legal work. You don't have a lot of experience. I opened my law firm January 16, 2020, a week after I opened VH1 contacted me to appear on a TV show. Okay, wait a minute. So you opened your law firm on what date? January 12th, excuse me, 2017. 2017. And then you had a contract in your hands? From VH1, January 20th. Oh my goodness. Did give you the goosebumps like it? <laughs> well, it does. And I just see like, why is this so much of the time? This is the story of the entrepreneur because like everything that you're saying is resonating with me. I, I too went down a path where I worked in um, a very toxic environment and allowed other people's stories of who they told me I was to in infect me really and to second guess myself. And so the, the way that I dealt with that when I was young and immature was trying so hardly to be who I thought I needed to be so that I didn't make anyone feel threatened, so that everybody loved me and thought I was wonderful. But that also meant that I was supposed to play small and I was supposed to stay mild and meek. And so, and, and then I too, I went to work for a consulting company and it, it was extremely toxic for me. Um, and it got so bad that I too started to have this dream of like, can I do this myself? And I did what you did to Cora. I started to just have these conversations with God. And it was so funny because I'm married to um, a really cautious guy when it comes to like finances. Are you too? Cause you're giggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like I started talking about this dream and I think he was fine with it until he knew I was serious. Yeah. And then in, in June of 2015, I was like, Hey, I, I'm going to throw some workshops and open up my own business. Um, I'm not going to quit like my curriculum director's job yet, but I'm going to get my feet wet. And he was still kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, you can make some extra money. Um, and then come September and October, I was like, Hey, I think I'm supposed to launch this in January of 2016. And that's when he was like, Oh, I, I think you need more time. And I think we need six more months. And he just started having a lot of concerns, but I like you just felt like this internal calling that I could not, not pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And so I even asked God, I was like, I decided to throw two more workshops in October. And I was like, God, like I need a big ass bulletin board. I need some kind of sign that is like as big as a bulletin board that shows me I'm supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. And no joke, the very next day, I got a phone call from a school corporation who wanted to sign 66 teachers up for my workshop. Whoa. And so it's just so interesting to see and know that people do feel frustrated and you do get told stuff about yourself and to always do that fact check and that truth check with who you know yourself to be rather than letting other people impose their stories of who they think you are. Today's episode is brought to you by me. 
and my She Finds Joy course. That's my 90-day guided journey that unleashes your happiness and helps you fully step in to your power as a woman so that you can begin to make big things happen. I know that each and every one of us is capable of stepping into the arena of bigness. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness, our bravery, and our bigness in this world. And I'm here to help you do just that. You can sign up for the waitlist and be the first to know at kimstrobel.com forward slash she dash finds dash joy dash waitlist. Again, that's kimstrobel.com forward slash she dash finds dash joy dash waitlist. And, and another thing about that, Kim, is that our families, our loved ones, they want to keep us safe. Like that's what any, like I want to keep my children safe. So if I see my son or my daughter about to jump off the couch, I'm like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Right. But as along the way as adults and our life experiences, some way, somehow, our closest loved ones will look at a risk that we're willing to take. You're going to walk away from that great job with benefits or you're going to start focusing on something else. Let's think about this. Hold on. Maybe we shouldn't. And what we have to be very mindful of is are we allowing someone else to plant seeds of doubt and fear and regret into our hearts? And what will happen is if those seeds of doubt, fear, and regret grow right alongside your visions and your dreams, something's going to choke the other one out. And oftentimes it's the fear that chokes out your dreams. And then you see how that ties closely with procrastination, with imposter syndrome. Can I really show up? Can I really do it? And we don't realize the closest people to us sometimes were the ones who were the gardeners. And we have to be mindful. We have to pull those weeds up. We have to pull those seeds out because if we're, it's our destiny. That's why I get, I'm getting so fired up about it right now because people don't realize that stagnation and procrastination is just a slow death to your purpose. It's a slow death to your legacy. It's a slow death to economic freedom and generational wealth. So the longer we delay about going after our God breathed, our God designed purpose, the long, the easier it is for us to destroy our legacy. And then we will live at the end of our lives asking ourselves, what happened? What happened along the way that I didn't go after my dreams? What, why did I let regret win? Fear doesn't even exist. It's something that we create in our head. It's not like it's going to come and get us. <laughs> The only time that we should use fear is when it's meant to keep us safe, like from dying, right? Most of us have misplaced fear. Fear does not belong or should not reside in the place that faith should rest. Our faith should rest on our dreams and on our visions. Those things that cannot leave you alone, just like your education brand, Kim, it wouldn't leave you alone. You probably have had tons of other ideas and they came and they went, but this one stuck. And it's because that is your destiny. It's your purpose. You are designed to create solutions for the crisis that's happening with teachers and educators and people like that. And so all of our purpose is different, but we have to be so mindful and so bold in what we have been created to do that we won't allow anybody to rob us of our purpose. I 
I, and that's exactly why you call yourself a purpose activator. And like, it makes me get kind of teared up really just listening to you explain it that way, because I see so many people who have an encounter them who have felt like we did Cora, like we just keep trying to fit into that, that, you know, that square peg hole and we can't make ourselves fit, but then we, we don't feel like we have the ability to do whatever it is that we want to do, or we have these little dreams and we just sit on them and we just procrastinate and we don't pull the plug on them. And you're right. I think that like when you do this, it's going to feel scary, but again, fact checking that fear, like, are you going to be homeless? No. You know, are you going to lose your spouse? Probably not. Are you, you know, like all of these things, but we let this fear overcome us and it prevents us from launching from our lily pad. Yeah. I, I read this book. Well, I haven't read it all the way, but I've read most of the big leap by Gay Hendrick. Oh, I, I too. I've read that too. You, there is, there is an, um, that book is so good. It, it, within the first couple of chapters, she talks about how courage and fear are so closely aligned that the same receptors in your brain that activate fear activate courage, except courage just holds on a little bit longer. So it's so encouraging to me. If I shift my mindset and say, I'm really afraid to do this, then I know that I'm so much closer to actually doing it because I'm that much closer to uh, impacting or enacting courage, right? Yes. If I turn on courage, that just means that I have to take a little, just push past that fear and launch and do it. Of course, do it with wisdom and strategy, right? Um, but I think we just give too much of our power away to fear some enigma of our imagination, right? Yes. Uh, it's, it's fear is going to be along for the ride. We just can't let it drive us around. It can sit in the back like the dog with his head hanging out the window, but we need to be the ones who's driving the car. We need to be in full control. And when, oh, there's a car coming, you might want to slam on your brakes so you don't run into them. Thank you, fear. Exactly. <laughs> what, what they're supposed to do. Right. But you yes. drive my car and you don't get to drive my, my destiny. Yeah. But what we tell ourselves is that our fears are the truth. Right. right? We, we, and then we create a story to back up that evidence, because if we have that evidence, then that's evidence of why we shouldn't take the risk or why we shouldn't launch the business or why we shouldn't follow our dream. And so I, I love what Gay Hendricks talks about, because you know, in there, he talks about that upper limit problem and that basically we all have a thermostat setting, right? And so like if your thermostat setting is, let's just pretend like you're most comfortable at 72 degrees. Um, and then like when you start to create or attain more success or more money or a better relationship or whatever it is, that it changes the thermostat setting. And since you're not used to that new thermostat setting, you will actually self-sabotage yourself to go back to a lower setting. Mm -hmm. And I thought that spoke to me. I'll never forget. I had just launched Strobel Education in 2016. And like, it, it really just surpassed my dreams of what I thought it could be. And so my husband and I are at this luxurious resort on the beach. We're enjoying a very much well-deserved vacation. and it's so interesting because I was reading that book. This would have been in May of 2017. I'm sitting there reading The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And right before I got to the chapter on that, I was sitting there going, oh, life cannot be this good. Like, I can't believe I can afford to be at this resort. And 
you know what? It's just pure luck that in 2016, Strobel Ed went crazy because like, that's just unusual. And I'm not going to have another year like that. And in fact, it, I started conjuring up these stories because I was so, even though I was enjoying the success, I was so scared of it that I caught myself trying to, to sabotage myself, you know? Yeah. And you know, I think we have to be aware. I think a lot of what happens is we're just simply not aware of our own selves and it just overtakes us. So you just happen, you probably were just like, these are the thoughts that I normally have, but you didn't label them as self-sabotage. I remember going to my um, therapist one time uh, a couple years ago and she was like, so what do you do when you have anxiety? And I was like, I don't have anxiety. Like, who are you talking to? You know, and it was so funny. Like she looked at me like, sweetheart, you're here in my office. <laughs> she's like, okay, so this is what anxiety is. And she literally said, do you ever feel this? Do you sometimes feel rapid thoughts? Do you sometimes do this? And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. And she's like, that's anxiety. And I was like, yes, what do you mean? Like, and it's, you just, couldn't see it. But I think what happens sometimes for Christians is we are so afraid of saying, I have this, or I have that, or labeling ourselves because we're taught, well, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And are you going to say something negative about yourself? So instead of saying it and labeling it for what it is, we will choose to ignore it. And that's so unhealthy. And I, I realized that's what I was doing. I was refusing to say I had anxiety because I didn't want to speak something like speak death over myself. And at the end of the day, I can't handle or face a problem if I don't recognize it for what it is. And me saying, okay, I, I do suffer from anxiety and here are some tools that I can have and implement and put in place to help me overcome that. That really helped me a great deal. And then I realized, Decorah, your anxiety is closely tied to your procrastination, which is also tied to you being a perfectionist, right? So instead of me saying, well, I can't start it or I don't even want to try because it, it's not going to be perfect or I don't have the knowledge to start to respond to this, so I'm going to continue to put it off. And then I, because I was afraid of it not being perfect, I didn't even try until I was forced to, you know, and, um, you know, we, we have to be so mindful of ourselves. That's why I think therapy and just self-awareness is yeah. so important for us, especially as an entrepreneur. Um, we don't have, many of us don't have supervisors. We don't have people telling us you're doing a great job. Most of the time we hear you're doing a bad job, right? And we don't have people who are going to give us checks and balances along the way. And so you have to create your own internal system to be able to do that. And I think that that has helped me a lot. But then I also recognize I have to just grace myself for the impact that I want to have. When we brace ourselves, be, be with, as in boy, brace ourselves, we are assuming something bad's going to happen. This is how most of us live our life. Yeah, it's good. Brene Brown calls it foreboding joy. Yeah, so we're just assuming like, oh, something terrible is going to happen. You know, this is going to crash, going to burn. You know, this is a fluke, right? But what if we graced ourselves for it? Say, okay, well, whatever happens, whatever comes, I'm going to learn. I'm going to, you know, take advantage of the problems that do come my way and look at the problems as promotion. Anytime a problem comes our way, it's really an opportunity for us to grow and to be promoted and to become wiser. Every time I face a problem in my business, uh, whether it be I let a client down or I let myself down or I missed a deadline, 
I can say, okay, now I'm so much wiser. That will never happen again. But I used to condemn myself because I didn't know what I didn't know. And it's yeah. just not possible. We have to really grace ourselves for this journey if we're going to have longevity. I, I think you're exactly right. And I think it's really important for our audience to hear that, especially we as women hold ourselves on this measuring stick and we would never make another loved one have to be in that high esteem or regard to be loved and worthy of doing whatever it is you want to do. But for some reason we do hold these kind of high expectations where we, we leave ourselves very little wiggle room and then we won't take the chance because we tell ourselves we don't have it all figured out yet. I know for me, I knew what I was talking about when it came to education and how I felt we could best meet the needs of our students and how to empower teachers, but I knew nothing about running a business. And I remember reading, um, I can't remember which book it was, but it was really like, just ask God to be your CEO and your CFO. And that's what I did. I mean, every day I wrote out my gratitudes and I wrote out my affirmations and I read this little prayer that I had written and I said, God, I don't have this all figured out, but I need to take you as my CFO and my CEO and I will look to you for guidance because I don't have to just rely on myself. There is a higher power who wants to support me. For sure. And I think we have to remember like, not only is the higher power there to help us, but God, Christ is there to help us. He created us for such a time as this. We were uniquely knitted together in our mother's wombs and brought into this earth because, and I read someone say this, that there is a crisis that's attached to each of our lives. Like we are supposed to solve a crisis. I know that when I, and if you're struggling with your purpose, a really good way to figure it out is to strip away all your titles. Strip away every single title that you've placed on yourself that you feel it makes you important or this world thinks it makes you important and what remains. And when I did that, I took away the title of mother and wife and attorney. And I said, what, what, what remains? What remains is that I'm a purpose activator. I'm a purpose accelerator. I'm a life speaker. I'm a dream birther. Like what that means is that when people come into contact with me, there's something that happens. I hold like spiritual keys. And when people come to me and I speak to them, something unlocks, something clicks inside of them and they say, thank you. That was the shift that I needed to make in order to go for it and pursue what God has called me to do. And other people, when that happens, it accelerates them. They go even farther and faster than they would have alone. Or I validate people's dreams. That's why it bothers me so much when I see people who are procrastinating about their purpose and I can see it all over them because it's closely tied and attached to my purpose. It breaks my heart to see people who are stuck. Yeah. And sometimes if you ask yourself, what really breaks my heart? then it'll be very closely tied and attached to what you've been created to do. And so that's how I know that I don't have to practice law forever. I don't have to, you know, my children will grow up. I'll always be a mother, you know, I, I, my husband and I were supposed to be together forever, right? But what if things happen and what I used to call myself is no longer there? What shall remain? And that's how I figured out, oh, that's my purpose. Now, I took a while to figure that out, you know, and I'm gaining clarity about, about it every single day. But that helped me a great deal within the past year to figure out what am I truly meant to do on this earth. And once I took away all of my titles, I felt like I could see myself so much clearer. Mm, that makes perfect sense. And I love that activity of asking a person to really strip away their titles 
And we don't always do that deep dive on ourselves. We all have these outer shells that we're really good at functioning in that persona. But what is really beneath all of that? And I know for me, my words this year, my, my phrase is inside out, which is like really going deep within myself to uncover what else is there that needs to be brought to the forefront. Um, and I'm becoming more courageous every year with that. I was like you. I was... Um, not as confident and too scared to really let my true self be seen. Um, but I have found, like you have, that the more that I do that and the more that I allow the light that is within me to shine in the God-given way that it's supposed to, the, the more it seems to cause like a ripple effect in my life, you know? Yeah. You just, you just never know. It's, I feel like it's, it's really sometimes a matter of life and death. Like we don't realize that, but we have, there's so many broken people that are assigned to our lives, you know, and they don't realize that. And we may not realize it, but if we just show up and we do what we are called to do and we get in position, then we don't know whose lives we're going to impact. I can't tell you how many people that I've impacted by virtue of me owning my own law firm. And many of them are not my clients. It just so happens that they're in connection with my platform. And the inspiration and the encouragement that I provide through my own platform, which I have full control over, is helping people. And they may never hire me, and that's completely fine, but I'm helping them in my own unique way. And I think that that is what we can also do. Infuse your purpose with your profession, with your passion, and you'll realize that you have created a unique platform where you can create community. A lot of people focus on content. They say content is king. I really think community is king. And if yeah. you're able to build a wonderful community and show up as your authentic self, you'll be able to have a brand that will last for decades, if not centuries. I love that. You're reminding me of, um, I think it's Simon Sinek that says, when you lose your why, you lose your way. Yeah. And so I, like you, know what my why is. Like every day when I'm in this office, I can read the notes, the note, sticky note that says, this is my why. This is why I'm showing up today. This is how I want to impact others. When people leave my presence, this is what I hope they leave with. And it is that fire burning desire inside of me. But at first it was just a whisper, right? It was just, it was just a whisper and I just kept paying attention to it. Um, and so I love that we're encouraging our listeners in, to, to identify that with, within them that wants to be birthed, that wants to come out, that wants to be a contribution to their family or their community or the world at large. Yeah, I love it. This is great. <laughs> this is a wonderful conversation. So this has given us so much to think about. And again, I do love just tying it to how we're walking in faith. Um, and walking in courage and acknowledging our fears, but also understanding that we have to fact check those fears. And so I could talk to you forever and ever and ever, but we're going to wrap this up. And I want you to tell people where they can find more of Takora Davis if they want to find more about you. Definitely. Um, if you want to find more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at Takora Davis. I know that Kim's going to put that in the show notes. Um, I've also written a book called Planted to Produce, Seven Shifts to Activate Your Creative Soul. Um, it is a powerful book um, that shows you how to identify where you are on your life's journey and what you need to do to shift to your next level. And so, oh, I love that. Tell us the title again. I didn't know it. Uh, Planted to Produce, 
Planted to produce. So if they want to know more about activating their purpose and finding their path, um, we will definitely put that in the show notes. I see that you gave me the link right there and I'll include that. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. I realize it's so funny because I'm like, I need to keep telling people I wrote a book. Like, and it's that, that's a bad thing, right? I wrote an entire book but I kind of downplay it like, oh yeah, it's just something I did. It's yeah, you got to, yeah, because that that message needs to be out there. People need to read that and hear that. And so, yes, you you need to step into that a little bit more. Oh my goodness, I love it so much, Takora. Thank you so much for being on here with us today. Thank you, Kim. It was my pleasure. Whoop, whoop. We did it. Thank you so much for listening in on the She Finds Joy podcast today. I'm honored to share this space with you, and I hope you keep showing up as the real you in this world. As always, this conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you.